Right, I was going to tell you about how I almost got arrested for the third time in a month. However, we are short for time tonight, so we're going to skip right to Rogue One. Or as I like to call it, face swap the movie. And um, that's the second time tonight I've told that <laughs> joke. Uh, it's directed by Godzilla's Gareth Edwards, and it tells the story. This feels um, like Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, babe. Of <laughs> a, a team of rebel fighters tasked with retrieving the plans for the first Death Star, eventually destroyed by Mark Hamill himself, Luke Skywalker, and A New Hope. The film stars Felicity Jones, Riz Ahmed, Diego Luna, Donnie Yen, and Alan Tudyk, among others. There are others in this movie, I'm not forgetting about them. Um, and also features the return of Big Daddy himself, Darth Vader. Oh, look at him, he's such a man. Uh, anyway, we're going to discuss the movie today, <laughs> but before we do that, I want to introduce my lovely panel, and to get started, I know that the Bastard Brothers, who are not here tonight, um, actually hate the rating system and just wish it would die a death, but you know what, I want to start by seeing what's everyone thinking? You know, where, where does everyone lie? And to do that, I'm going to come... He's back. Like, he might be the most featured guest at this point in the show. It's Ian Shearer. Ian, how are you? And what is your score out of 10 for Rogue One? I'm not too bad, David. Uh, I'm going to give Rogue One a 6.8 out of 10. Nice, nice. He's, he's went up since the first time we recorded this, ladies and gentlemen. I just <laughs> want to say that. Uh, our discussion is mostly positive, so you have nothing to worry about today. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the man who didn't want to be named when he first came on, but now he wants to be named but we won't tag him and all that is sound uh we bring him out for all the star wars shows scott scott mcfarlane how are you i was named right out of the gate i have no choice now but to be named <laughs> it wasn't your call scott what is your score out of 10 for Rogue One? Uh, i think i said earlier on my score was eight or nine out of ten this is my third favorite star wars movie probably I'm a what, big are fan. The, what are the two above it uh, Empire, obviously, and A New Hope. Nice. Nice. I love how Empire's the obviously. Nice. And then A New nice. Hope's like, nice. a, like this questionable one. <laughs> like, I, don't get, I don't get the, uh, the obsession with Empire. I don't get it. Jack Higgins, how are you? I just How's it going? I am, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's your score for Rogue One? Right, I'm going to give it a six. A six? A six. Why a six? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, I like to kind of visualize things they gave that I think it was a really important part of the story that we kind of had to explore but we hadn't explored yet so even though it wasn't my favourite film I didn't think the characters were really explored enough but there was, there was enough there and the characters along with the, the visual effects that we had apart from the the fucking the CGI mm -hmm. people can't start mm. using corpses. That's just a. Uh, that's just a bit inhumane. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think inhumane is the word. I think uh, inhumane is the word. I think that part of being mildly inhumane, a sex. That's fair. Well, you did touch on something that I wanted to talk about. From I've the touched start. a few things, David. That we'll get to. <laughs> that we'll get onto at some point in the show, um, and it's the characters and not being fully developed, and. Ian, I'm going to come to you first because one of my biggest problems with this movie is that I do feel it probably be better as a TV show or something else with a bit longer form where we do have more time to spend with these characters and get to know them and stuff like that. Do you think that's unfair in my part or do you think that's a fair assessment of the situation? 
Yeah, I mean, one of my biggest notes when I was watching it through just there was uh, was that you just didn't get that um, we didn't get that uh, engagement with Jin's character. Like we obviously got uh, her like kind of character arc at the start where we kind of see her parent mum get killed and her dad get dragged away, and then there's just this big blank gap we don't know, and then all of a sudden she's this jaded criminal. Mm. I just wish we had like some of that in between, like maybe what like brought her to such disillusionment so then it would be a more natural thing to like fire into this kind of hero role mm. no, I do agree I do agree with that like, there is a point and it's after she talks to Saw Gerrera and then Saw shows her the sort of like um, hologram of her dad and her dad's like oh Jin there's this thing in the Death Star I'm not really a bad guy here's how you beat it and then all of a sudden she's for it she's like yes rebellions are built on hope and all that and I'm like, well, hmm, like, <laughs> like five minutes ago, you really didn't want nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Uh, so Scott, would you, you, you gave it a nine. You're really high in this movie. You're a big, <laughs> you're a big fan of it. Jen or so, are we being a bit harsh on her? Or do you think in this movie we get enough character development? Or do you think that doesn't really matter in a film like Rogue One? Uh, I, th- I don't think it really matters in a film like Rogue One. They told us from the off that this was going to be a war movie, and that's pretty much what it is. Um, I think, well, if you give it a TV series, you could definitely see more character development, but that would be the case for most things. Uh, the message is weird when it's meant for Saw, but then he talks to his daughter as if she's right in front of his face, and then he tells him the galaxy-saving plan. Um, I'm trying to remember what else I said. Krennic's good. Talking about characters, Krennic's good. He's a different kind of villain from what we usually see in Star Wars. Mm. The sort um, of lower level, the mid-management villain. Yeah, no. and he's wanting more and more power and stuff like that. And he's like, he's got his own agenda. Um, yeah, that was more interesting. There is nothing better than a villain who just wants a promotion, I suppose. You know, like we all know people like that in life. The the dickish assistant manager type, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what we're thinking. Uh, Jack, Jack is obviously the host of FTTV, so he's a big fan of character development, except when the Khaleesi is suddenly blowing up the Citadel for no reason whatsoever. Um, Jack, what do you think here? What is what what is your sort of take in this? Does this not work because the characters are underdeveloped, or do you agree with Scott in that we get enough of Jyn so we've got a decent villain, there are some Good characters and memorable characters in this. I think I've even got to an extent. Um, I think the, the fact that it's the war movie, it's not really meant to explore too much of the main, you know, the main people that we see in the film. It's meant to sort of belittle them effectively to say that you know they are just part of what was a really grand rebellion. They just happen to have interesting stories, as opposed to interesting ties to why they're fighting. And that's what we're exploring there. We're not really, um, not really needed to go into too much depth with them. But at the same time, it just makes for a better experience, you know, watching something and getting into the characters because that is Star Wars. We've always been, you know, involved with the characters. So, yeah, I guess I'm sort of somewhere in between. Um, I agree that it's. Uh, I agree that you know because it's a war film, it needed that, but. Uh, I needed to just kind of brush over them, but I think you know a TV series could actually make it more, you know, make it easier or, or a better experience. So, sort of agree with Scott. Sort of a mixed bag here. 
of opinions on it and I think that's the thing with this movie but I do want to start off on the positives I don't want this to be a pure negative show so Ian I'm going to come to you what is your main positive takeaway from Rogue One what is it you like the best about it uh, I thought the action scenes and coordination and the you know JJ Abrams like visible style that we saw in the Force Awakens uh, just I thought it really brought, I thought it really came together and it just like felt really uh I felt, really, I felt the kind of weight of it, like the explosions and the fighting and the, the punching and the kicking, and uh, I just thought it, I just thought it all came together really well. I thought it was like really, uh, really an interesting watch, especially the big action scene at the end. Like it all felt very, uh, like <laughs> I was going to say realistic, but not not realistic. But you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it felt lived in almost. Yeah, like, yeah very tangible. And I think he's good at that because um, obviously the film he directed before this was Godzilla. And then monsters before that, he's always able to capture that scale. Um, and I think he does that here. The Empire almost seems more frightening in this movie, doesn't it? It's almost like they're actually a threat for, for once. Yeah, of course, because the Stormtroopers can actually hit people in this uh, in this one, uh, where they haven't in famously in all the other Star Wars movies. Yeah, and that, that, do you know what? They should be able to, because surely the, the Imperial Army can train, afford a good training school. You know, I don't see why they shouldn't be able to. Scott, you've touched on the action before. Do you, Is there anything else that you want to bring up as a positive about this movie, apart from that? I think the locations in this movie and the design they use are standouts. I think uh, everything they add in terms of design really fits into this time period in Star Wars and the universe itself. Like uh, the Death Troopers and the sh Shore Troopers and the U-Wing all seem like they belong within this original trilogy setting and all add something to keep it that fresh. Um, if you go back and look at Ralph McQuarrie's artwork, that's where they got the design for the Death Trooper and right. it looks incredible. It, all of his artwork Who's Ralph McQuarrie's story? So did he do like all of the original concept art for the first Star Wars film or something? He did indeed. Oh, I think he did actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's mental, isn't it? I, I think you know. Every day is a every day is a school day. <laughs> no, but I do I do get what you mean, and I also liked how in canon because I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars and Rebels TV shows and the things that connect into them. Uh, we got Saw Gerrera, who originally featured in the Clone Wars TV show. Uh, before making the jump to this movie. Um, if you look, you can see the ghost ship from Rebels is present at the Battle of Scarif, which I always think is pretty cool. And I do think you're right, Scott, the things that fit in, there are things, uh, particularly the new trilogy, uh, that people have said, that's not Star Wars, that's not my Star Wars, uh, like Canto Bite or the Porgs in The Last Jedi. Uh, but it seems, it does fit in seamlessly here. Um, Jack, just want to go in more detail about something you talked about earlier. And that is uh, the big man himself, uh, Darth Vader, uh, voiced by Mufasa James Earl Jones. Um, is he the brightest part of this movie for you? You said this is the only bit of the movie you effectively wanted to watch. What works about Vader for you here uh, in terms of just being the bright spot of Rogue One? I think just the way they shot a lot of these scenes, the way they introduced them was was very much like the original, but it was just like a remastered version. Uh, everything looked slicker. Um, his powers just seemed, like, I don't know, a lot stronger almost because of the improvements and special effects and stuff as well. So I yeah, see the scene where he like, basically boxes them in and, that and just starts slaying them. I think that's another thing, uh, another thing that just highlights how strong he was at the time. Um, yeah. It's something that they've done really he just well. Just striking them down, Danny. He? He's just like, nah, you guys. It's the fact that he's, like, like, the door. he's like, locking them under the door. It's just um, 
really frightening to be in that situation. If, yeah. uh, like you, like you said, it's like a lived-in feel um, at times with the way some of the direction. So it's good, nice, nice. And there's that uh, bit where he's had like the guy who's at the door, the door gets stuck, and he's saying help us at first, and then he changes to saying like just take it, just take it, because he's <laughs> just. Nah, there's no point. Nah, Aye. there's no point here. There's, there's no absolute chance we're getting out of this. Um, Ian, this was your first time watching it before we came on the show today. Um, what are, what do you make of Vader um, and that's obviously one of the most iconic villains of all time do you think he works in the context of Rogue One do we think we needed him or do you think it was a good move to include him uh, yeah well I mean apart from the kind of obvious fan service and giving nerds across the globe a boner by seeing him once more in a film I thought he was good I thought he wasn't uh, overused I think if they'd like, made him the kind of like, main villain again it would have been would have been kind of clutching at that, but uh, no, no, I thought it was like they kind of uh, seeing him as a, a real threat, uh, bringing him in after like Tarkin, Tarkin's realised that there's a bigger threat from the rebels than they'd originally thought. Uh, just much, much better to bring him in, just like he's just this big scary character, like okay, like Vader's coming in now, like you lot are fucked. Yeah, and it just works, doesn't it? Because it's like, as you said, Scott, like uh, Director Krennic, played by Ben Mendelsohn, is sort of the mid-level villain. You know, he's the, he's the guy who wants the promotion, but it's his bosses who end up coming in after after everything escalates. Uh, we get Tarkin, we get uh, Vader, uh, we get, don't get Emperor till 5, but, you know, that's when the problem's reaching breaking point. They've blown up the Death Star that the Emperor's like, right, something's going wrong here. What's happening? Troops, you know what I mean? No one's been able to handle this. Um, but you did bring up something there, Ian, and I do want to talk about uh, Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, as you might be able to tell, he's not played by Peter Cushion in this movie, um, as much as they may want to fool you of that um, into, <laughs> into thinking it. Um, they've used CGI uh, to recreate Peter Cushion's face in this film. Now, I just wanted to ask you, in general, do we think this looks good, or are you in my camp that this is one of the most horrendous looking things I've ever seen put to a film like this? It was totally uncanny, I thought. I didn't uh, I didn't think it worked well at all. Kind of not, the facial animations just weren't there. Like, they just kind of looked like something out, like a PS3 game. Mm. It was PS3, uh, that being the keyboard, it looked like a bad video game. It looks yeah. like they'd fucked up The Last of Us or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, just didn't, uh, just didn't, just didn't read well for me. Uh, and I didn't, but I don't think that's like a, it's a terrible thing in general. I think like as the technology develops, we might get even better, especially if it's going to be callback characters. But the now it's just, it just didn't sit right for me, especially with uh, Princess Leia as well. It didn't look great. Um, and for, because we were just talking about how good the visuals were, but I just thought that like this is where they really kind of shat the bed, considering how good uh, everything else looked. Mm. I I agree with you, Scott. It's not only that they try and recreate uh, Carrie Fisher when she was younger as well, um, like and that just looks appalling, doesn't it? That's definitely worse than talking. Like they put a lot more effort into talking. Um, but I, it's like they had a guy who did the voice for talking who looks pretty similar. Him and you're just like he sounds like him. He looks quite similar. Why not just throw him in instead? It's uh, it's definitely controversial as well. So yeah, Jack, are you that. are you on the the bandwagon that recasting would have been the better way to go uh, with I, this this whole situation? I definitely. Um, I'd go talking. I think I called him Harkin earlier on. I think I'm a yeah. <laughs> Graham Harkins. <laughs> I was thinking about an FTP, uh, FT football. 
Yeah. You see? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen because I think even in the realms of that, you can get away with it with obviously droids and stuff, but there's obviously going to be a lot of CGI motion. Um, so I think, I, I don't like it in general. Um, I, w- I wasn't. It wasn't the worst thing about the movie for me. I just didn't really enjoy the movie as a whole um, in certain aspects. So I think, yeah, I, I think it could have been done better. And from a moral standpoint, it's just wrong really to, to use people that have passed on, especially um, when there is opportunity for recasting. There, I think uh, with Carrie Fisher's character, maybe not so much. Like they obviously want to keep to that lore and how you know she did. She was really. And typecasted for that, so mm. some might Tarkin, say it was inhumane. Tarkin, inhumane, but with talking, there is definitely definitely room for uh, getting someone to come in and be as a recast and do a really good job with it as well. You're literally limiting someone's ability to to bring something new to the role. So yeah, yeah, that's um, great, great it's not just them away. yeah, exactly. It's just not just dodgy. It's just absolutely fucked, really. It's uh, inhumane. A disgrace. Oh, anyway, he's, calling it, um, <laughs> he's calling it inhumane. That's fair enough. I actually think that's fair. Um, you know, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. I've got like the review. I didn't roll one up here because I just wanted to look it through before we start. <laughs> and one of the things I say in this is, um, despite the best ex- efforts of most of the actors involved, and I put in brackets a list which doesn't involve Felicity Jones. In my opinion, watching her performance here was akin to eating a pack of crackers after a five days without water. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do think that's pretty harsh. Um, but I, I want to bring this to a discussion because we kind of touched on it in the Lee Miz show we did a couple of weeks ago. And I said Woo! that Eddie Redmayne was one of those actors that I'll just never take to in any role. And I think I feel the same way about Felicity Jones. Uh, I think I feel the same way about Anna Hathaway, but... <laughs> that's not well documented at all. <laughs> so I going to go... I'll go to Ian and Scott here. Are there any actors or actresses that you just can't take to in any role that you, they're in? What about Anne Hathaway? I know, he's a struggling, but Anne Hathaway, I'll be here, yeah. I'll be here. <laughs> I can't think Whoa. of anything off the top of my head, to be honest. No, that's fair. Nah. Well, I mean, if this brings you yeah, back to the... Sure, there's someone who just does your nothing. You know, that way you, you just look at them and you go, oh, I, I've just my no, I can't think straight at all at the moment. Just, <laughs> you, well, I mean, like, on my head, I say, like, Kevin James, but then I think he's not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't, even, he doesn't even deserve to be. Uh, he doesn't count. He doesn't even, yeah, exactly. He doesn't even get the credit. Uh, What's his name from? in grown up? What's his name in grown ups? Is it Lavinsa or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's just Kevin <laughs> James. <laughs> it's just Paul Block, Mal Block. He's the weirdest. Like, what happened to Kevin James? Like, I'm not. I'm not complaining. About it, but like, what happened? To I have Kevin no plans for Kevin James. What's the problem with Kevin James? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, oh, come on! I've got You're better absolutely than nothing though. Ah, Kevin James. I, I don't. I just think that I don't know. Should just be left enough. A, a time. Are we all? Are we all? Do we all have distaste for um, Adam Sandler? Do we just? Do we no, just like Adam Sandler? I liked him at first. 
Nah, I like him. Less of it. Uh, uh, I, 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 he obviously nah, gets worse, but he's like granted. But you know, you can't say that Happy Gilmore is not a good film. Or anger management is a brilliant film. Right, he's had he's had a couple of good movies, and he is a capable actor. Did, did you see him in the Meyerowitz stories? Uh, he was actually really good in that, and that, that kind of that kind of saw that I was like, see, giving like, a good director with some good material. He is actually like, a capable guy. Yeah. I think that like some of the stuff he writes himself is just fucking awful, man. Mm. Like uh, he, he just put a stand up special recently, and uh, we ah, he stand up pretty much to be fair. And, oh my god, I could not believe just how bad it was. What was the? There's a film that just came David out. David Spade, so, no, hand, his, his stand up's good. David Spade. <laughs> David Spade. Higgins. Higgins for grown ups. Emperor Cusco. Aye, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. That, Adam Sandler's new movie is apparently good and could uh, garner him an Oscar nomination, I've heard. Um, I know a couple of people who went to a BAFTA screening last night, um, but I haven't heard any feedback on it, so I don't know. Well, we'll just need to keep that one in, in the. I don't know, in the pocket for an RD. Uh, guys, is there anything else anyone specifically wanted to bring up about Rogue One? I like the droids in Rogue One. The droids? I, I prefer the, the wee helper droid, well, that particular droid, what's his name, KS? K, K2SO. K2SO. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed him. Uh, I don't think he's particularly lively or has any, anything that stands hmm. out about his personality, but I quite like his... I don't even really know, like his kind of... Humanism, but I also really do. I like his design. I just like his design. I mean, his design's quite cool. I thought I thought he was like an alright character, but see the, the way they kind of scream, like, oh, it's from. I feel like they should done made them uh, like made them made them act me as I was like, what's it to be programmed like given Tourette's or Asperger's or something? <laughs> which made them say that comes to his circuits as they say in the film. I was like, I was like oh. oh no, we gave him droid Tourette's. Oh, what a fuck, Bob. It's <laughs> the third droid this week, you know. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I love Star Wars, man. No, but I was like, do you know what I couldn't help? Though, it was when Mon Mothma came up on the screen uh, for the first time, right? I was watching. I was watching this uh, clip from It's a Trap, uh, which is the the Family Guy uh, spoof episode of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And she's giving a wee speech about how they get the plans for the second Death Star. And this guy whispers to the other guy, he's like, you know what's hilarious? Boffins. And then she just goes, many boffins <laughs> died receiving this information. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> do we see a boffin in this? What? Do we see a boffin in this movie? No, no, but the boffins aren't until the second Death Star, remember? Ah. Aye, the boffins, the boffins don't matter at this point, Scott. I don't know what a boffin is. Do you know what a boffin is? Uh, in the original Battlefront game, there is a boffin that you can oh. play as. Yeah. Is, he, uh, is he cool? Or are they used no, to? he's ugly as fuck and he shoots like flies at his gun or something stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, fuck the boffins. Is yeah. Do you know what I do find quite wholesome? See the actress that plays on Mothman this? Yeah. She was cast in Revenge of the Sith and they cut her part out completely and then they got her back mm. to do this. So I quite enjoy that. That's pretty cool, yeah. isn't it? That's, that's quite nice. nice. That's in good taste, isn't it? You know? I like that. There's the like Easter eggs that Scott knows fucking pull it on, you know? But, you know, I should have got him to write the quiz. Um, do you know who I liked coming back? The, unbreak the unbreakable Jimmy Smiths. That was cool. Like, yeah. I was I was, I was, was all for 
uh, a bit of Bail Organa just sliding in in the background halfway through the beating. Just like, he doesn't contribute. Like, he doesn't, it seems he doesn't care. Stand at the sideline and he just comes and there's Jimmy Smith's fucking sneaking into the room. I was like, on yourself, Jimmy. You know? Um, was there anything... That, I was going to mention the score, but for me, it's probably still not as good as other Star Wars scores. Uh, definitely not. I thought it just didn't have the quite the same life as um, some of the other John Williams uh, scores did. Mm. I thought it was like, see, I thought just some of the kind of directions they were taking with the kind of like spins on the like kind of original like themes that he put through, he brought through. I just don't know. I just didn't, I just didn't really read as, read as well for me. Mm. I don't know what it was. What about you, Scott? Uh, I agree. Like usually in Star Wars, um, when there's something dramatic happening, you actually notice the music kicking in, and I don't think um, you notice it as much in this. It's just kind of meh. There's not really any moment that is helped by the music for me, at least. Um, Jack, were you the same? I know you love a good score sometimes. Uh, it's pretty much the same. It was a meh score. It was, <laughs> it was a, a bit of a meh. It was a meh out of ten. That's what it was. <laughs> Do you know what they should have done? You should have done the score. See in the Scarif fight. See when yeah. the, see when the, they're all down in the uh, we're all down in the beach and you see all the X wings come up. The X uh, X wings coming over. I thought that looked exactly like some sort of Vietnam movie. I thought uh, they should have got all along the watchtower on. Nice. That's what we need. That was another. Apparently, he's only said he's only said Apparently, they did all the all the different battles they did. They based them off of certain like wars and stuff, and I think one of them was meant to be Vietnam. So there you Class. go. I kind of thought that was the whole Scarif fight. There's a lot of kind of like Vietnam type stuff, like the kind of like the sand in the bushes and the big, the big tall trees. I was like, oh, this is very Nam. Nice. Flashbacks. Could hear the helicopters. Blasters in Nam. This is why I got all you guys on. You get you guys. You can, you're good for this. And the thing is, if Luke McLaughlin was here, God rest his soul. Not not getting on. Happy birthday, he's not dead. Um, <laughs> he 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 really happy, happy birthday for TGIs too. Uh, on the podcast. Wait, I mailed him that today. Uh, I you? mailed him the full song. I wrote the full song down <laughs> and sent it to him. Well, it good because he deserves it. Ah, yeah, I love, I love the TGI's birthday song. I love my got <laughs> Happy birthday! Uh, but Look he loves this movie. So I'm glad. We, I'm glad we had a mostly positive discussion about it because, even though for me it's definitely not my favorite Star Wars movie, it's still a Star Wars movie. You know, what I mean, it's still it's still got its positives to it. You know, what I mean, and even though I Sorry. fundamentally disagree with a lot of it, I do think it would work ten times better as a television show. Um. I firmly believe that because then we'd pay at the character development over the course of like 10 episodes and I'd be able to fully invest and explore the world a bit more. I do still think that it has something to offer to the Star Wars world. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, we had the locations and stuff, like Jeddah, I'd like to revisit that at some point. So I'm saying, I think just the story in general was, was well written and it was, a, it was a really important part in the story, like in the yeah. overarching story, not just obviously. Yeah, sort of... you know... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. Right, save your past, your past aggression for later. What I thought was what I thought was great. It was actually a kind of really satisfying tab, like the loose end here. Everyone was like, "Oh, in the original films, how come they uh, left a hole in the Death Star and uh, that's how it gets destroyed? Like, who would do that? Like, it didn't make sense." And they go, "Okay, it does make sense because the guy who designed it." It was actually on our side the whole thing. Ah. I, just thought was a, I thought that was a really, uh, yeah, I thought I that was a really satisfying tie up. Like, 
like just those wee, those wee details like making it that kind of like Star Wars three and a half like linking the two linking the two. I thought I thought it done it thought it done it well. And the kind oh. of war the war style I found quite quite satisfying. It was uh, something a bit different. Listen, I completely agree with you. And you know what? I'll bump up to a seven out of ten. Fuck it. You know we're doing well, it live. You know? Can I uh, add something? As a guy that gave it a nine out of ten, can I add something that annoyed me? It's uh, the stormtroopers getting beaten up by a guy with a stick. And then at one point, he kicks sand up in the Stormtrooper's face and he covers his eyes. And you're like, mate, you're wearing a helmet. Stan's not going to get in your eyes. Hold the fucking phone, Scott. He is one with the Force and the Force is with him. Like, if he wants to kick sand in the Stormtrooper's imaginary eye, he can. Alright? Because he's one with the Force and the Force is with him. Yeah, the the what extent does he have the Force with as well, by the way? Well, he's a, he was a he guardian just, of the world. Is wilderness. that the same he gets a wee bit of it? He used to guard the Jedi Temple, Scott. You know? Yeah, but did he get Force powers? I'm going to assume to a certain degree. Yeah, well, it kind of like gives them the ability of like, <laughs> where if, where if, you, if, if you're guarding it, you know, if you're guarding the Force supposed how He is a definition of a nothing character. Yeah, I agree. He didn't need me there. You could cut him out and you wouldn't notice. Well, if that's all we have to say on Rogue One, we will be back in part two, where we will be previewing episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. It's all coming to an end until they make more spin-offs. So, yeah, <laughs> that's it for part one. See you then. Alright, we're back for part two, um, and this is definitely recording, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Listen, this is just going to be basically a preview for the last instalment we're told in the Skywalker saga, um, which has spanned, this will be the ninth film, um, it's Star Wars Episode Nine: uh, The Rise of Skywalker, um, coming to cinemas. I'm, I'm buzzing for it, I've got my midnight tickets booked. Um, December 19th um, is the official release date. It's the night of, night of the 18th, though. I need to keep reminding myself of that because otherwise I'm going to show up for the, the night after. I'm like, hey, whereas everyone well, had these tickets the last night off gutted. Um, so we're going to go around the panel. Basically, what I'm wanting from you, all right, we're going to have a bit of a competition here. All right. Each of you are going to pick a theory that you have for episode 9. Of what you think is going to happen now it can be as simple or as groundbreaking as you want all right but the best theory in my opinion will win the prize here all right you're going to win the prize all right and we're going to go for it i'm going to start off with jack jack what do you what are you what is your big bold prediction for star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker it's like what's going to take place or when's going to take place yeah just like a just big like a big bold prediction, you go for it. So can I, add, can, 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 I, can I add like Can I add some stuff to it or like can I add some nostalgia or like some prequel stuff to it or You can do what you want. This is your this is your we'll keep it four minutes, Jack, right? Let's not go <laughs> I am not a big Star Wars, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, so it's not like I have anything that would link all the theories together, but I would quite like to see um Ray's past being explored a lot better and obviously um, getting a lot better, like a, a more understanding about her and I think I, I want her to go bad as well, so... 
So is that is that what you're calling Ray to go bad? I think there's going to be a I feel like there's going to be a bit of a, a, a crossover there. Like she's going to have to choose a, make a decision. There'll be like a real moment where you know how Anakin had the similar a similar legacy or a similar uh, journey. I think obviously obviously Anakin's anger then pushed him over the edge to to turn uh, to the dark side. Whereas I feel like she'll have a, a reflection moment where she never dips over and then like kind of returns. And uh, it's manages to use the force to sort of stay on the good side uh, in the light. That's fair. Uh, I like that. So you're saying? But I would like to see. Um, <laughs> I would like. No, but I would like to see. <laughs> I'd like to see um, some other characters explored better and their their link to the the force, like Finn and stuff as well. Um, would be interesting. Okay. So we're going to stop there. <laughs> yeah, the rumbling. That rumbling is really bad. We're going to stop with Jack there. So Jack, here's what you predict, because I wrote it down. You predict we're going to get more with Ray's parentage. She's going to have a wee turn to the dark side, but she's going to go back. She's going to go back with it. She's not going to go for the way. And <laughs> we're going to get some more development with Finn and the Force. Okay, that's three decent theories here. I'm going to come to... Mr. 9 out of 10 himself, Scott McFarlane. Uh, Scott, what is your bold prediction for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker? Um, I've not really kept up to it since The Last Jedi. I've not watched a lot of um, trailers or stuff, so I don't really know. But I hope that we hear more about Rey. Even mm. if she's not linked to our main character, you just need to give us a wee bit more backstory, I think. Because The Last Jedi's, um, she's from nowhere, things just isn't satisfying at all. Uh, I think they need to build build on Finn as well. I think he's a character they set up in the Force Awakens to, and as well as Paul Dameron actually, just the main cast really. Like everyone was set up in Force Awakens to like be built upon, and then Le- Last Jedi seemed to just throw it all away, and so they can subvert expectations. But that's fair. I really so don't know what to expect from this. What Scott is calling it. for this time is character development. It's, 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 it's funny how he flips and flops. Ah, that, yes. You know, to suit his own agenda. He <laughs> uh, wants character like... development in this movie. That's fair. That's fair. This is obviously isn't a war film. Uh, Ian, <laughs> what is your uh, big, bold prediction for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker? Kylo Ren and Rey are going to be having a battle and then they put down their lightsabers and they realise they're in love with each other. That's beautiful. That's it. I love it. Um, and there's, they're going to catch each other in loving embrace and there's going to be a very tasteful sex scene. As long as it's tasteful. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't want an untasteful sex scene, you know, in our Star Wars. Has there been a sex scene in Star Wars? There's been some shedding of pears across the table, which is just as good. <laughs> they shared some pears across the table. Yeah, I, in my mind, I can see Anakin and Padme in bed, but I don't know if they ever... They wouldn't have had a sex scene on screen. Nah, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. Um, so basically, Conception of Skywalker. Ian's saying sex scene. Um, I'm, I'm, I have to go... Jacks are the most bold. You know what we managed to pull out of them. You know, that was the most bold prediction. So, Jack, you win my wee predictions contest, but I do need to ask a question because Brilliant is so happy. Uh, I've never heard someone more happy. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to ask you the question, guys. Is Emperor Palpatine 
coming back to life in this film, yes or no? I hope not. It'll be a ghost. It'll be a ghost. Yes, no. Yes or no? Yes or no? Just give me a yes or a no. I actually kind of think it will come back. Disappointingly. I think... I think if you watch The Mandalorian, <laughs> then it might answer Fuck some of these questions. <laughs> so I would get on and got that and have a good night and we'll see what's happening. Does that sound good? Wait, what? It does? <laughs> no, what, have you just them to? <laughs> no, I was just saying. <laughs> I, I think we... I, I think Star Wars Series Dungeon? I know, I think they should go get and watch The Mandalorian. Even though it's illegal and I can't condone it, I would get The Mandalorian watched. Is all I I'm saying. I watch uh, a perfectly legal Watchmen. <laughs> you've, been going, you've been going on about Watchmen since yeah. it came out. I'll give, you, I'll give you... I'll give you... I'll go and give you a couple of minutes. What do you think about Watchmen? Why should we watch Watchmen? Oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't just keep doing this every episode now. <laughs> yeah, like spiel. I really wanted to just get it out there, but it's brilliant and it's, it's if you've ever seen the movie then it's a, an excellent um an excellent continuation of a story. A brilliant uh really written show, really good characters, really interesting characters and it's somewhat superhero so you can't fucking you can't fault it. That's fair. That's anyway, fair. The most recent episode was just just blown line because um it was something I've never really seen done in a show for a while, To Yeah. That's good. Well, listen, there's no more movie news um, <laughs> that's basically came out. So we're going to call a wrap there. So listen, for those of you that don't know, uh, this show, half of it got lost, so we had to re-record the first half, so everyone is knackered now. All these guys are <laughs> knackered now. So I want to thank my panel for bearing with us today. And getting all that sorted out. Is that all good? Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Troops. Always a pleasure. Well, listen, December 5th, uh, there is a charity night um, hosted through First Time Films. Um, it's the Star Wars Trivia Gauntlet. If you do want to compete, um, give us a wee shout. Come over. Um, it's £10 to compete. You could win £100 if you win. Uh, so there are more details on our Facebook of that. We don't know where our next show is going to be. It's obviously coming up to the Christmas period. Um, so make sure you check out all our channels, Spotify, iTunes, our YouTube channel as well. Um, and guys, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you later.